Hi, friends. Welcome to the Gritty and Curious podcast. I'm your host, Austin Schlesinger, the co-founder of Gritty and Curious, where we are on a mission to take you from building yourself to building an audience. If you got the ideas, the motivation, and the drive, we want to help you take it to the next level. The Gritty and Curious community gives you the tools to generate a massive and loyal audience, the strategies to monetize your ideas, and the community to inspire and help you grow. So if this sounds interesting to you, sign up for our wait list. We have around 17 people signed up right now. We're looking for three more to cap it at 20. So if you are interested, hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll send you a link to get started. There you'll be able to learn from a community of the smartest founders, smartest founders, creators, and self-starters, and receive access to get the best resources on growing an audience, feedback on your ideas, and weekly group calls. My guests today are the gritty and curious Christy, Natalie, and Rashina. They are the hosts of the Triage Podcast, and the Triage Podcast is a podcast that aims to discuss important healthcare topics that are prominent today. A little bit of background about Christy, Natalie, and Rashina. Christy is currently a professional working in the value-based care industry. She has experience working with healthcare nonprofits and is involved with healthcare policy research. Natalie is currently a master's in public health student. She has experience working with healthcare nonprofits and also conducts healthcare policy research. And Rashina is a second year medical student who has experience working in the pharmaceutical industry and conducts research related to healthcare policy. They have a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things and their podcast has been especially interesting because I don't know about you, but we're in the middle of a global pandemic and it's just been especially interesting to hear their takes on certain things that are going on in the world today. And Thankfully, everything is starting to cool down, but we don't know what the future is going to be like. So definitely tune into their podcast. They're going to be covering everything COVID-related and any health-related topics that have emerged as a result of the pandemic. Today, we talk about a lot of different things. We first cover why they started the triage, how they came up with the name, how COVID has affected people mentally and physically. This was especially a very interesting topic to talk about because at face value, when you're watching the news, a lot of the times recently, there's been a lot of news around the numbers of patients that have been affected by COVID, but there's so many other trickle-down effects that have impacted people in various ways. So that's super interesting. We talk about that. So listen for that. And we also talk about what you can do to stay on top of your mental and physical health during quarantine or future quarantine periods, if there are future quarantine periods, and I anticipate there probably will be. And then also we talk about Chrissy's experience traveling to China in January of 2020, prior to the virus exploding in the United States, and what her experience was like when she was in China and kind of how weird it was to come back to the United States and not see the United States taking the precautions that they kind of should have taken more sooner than they had and it's just very interesting so definitely look out for that as well but all in all it was a very insightful conversation with everyone and i'm very excited to share it with you all so let's get right into it all right guys so you just started your own podcast called the triage and it's focusing on talking about prominent topics in the healthcare industry um what kind of inspired you guys to start this and kind of what's your mission behind starting the triage? Yeah, of course. So um, we have been friends, close friends since 2016. We actually met through student government at Rutgers University. We were on the executive board of student government together. 
and got really close. We always talk about the fact that we've, <clears throat> excuse me, been in, we've had a Facebook group chat forever and we have healthcare in common. We all um, have majored in healthcare related uh, fields. Um, you know, like we said, I work in the healthcare industry. Rachna is in medical school and Natalie is um, pursuing her master's of public health. And we always knew we wanted to work together at some point. We would always say this. We would always say how we all are so passionate about healthcare and how we worked so well together in student government that someday, somehow, our, our paths would cross again. And we, were, we would always talk about how there's a big lack of conversation around um, surrounding, you know, let's say, chronic conditions in young people. So we, we toyed around with the idea of making a docu-series about it or making a website about it to talk about it. Um, and, you know, we talked about it every now and then, but we didn't know how to get started um, because we're all just so busy. Uh, we realized that make a podcast and that was an easy way to kickstart this and get the conversation going and talk to others who share the same passion that we have. And so we've been uh, brainstorming for about a year now. And then uh, this pandemic happened and it made us realize that the pandemic has really shown all of the cracks in the system that we were always going to talk about in the first place. So this was just the push we needed to go ahead and, and get started with the triage finally. So do you guys want to add anything else to that or are we good? No, I think Christy definitely covered it perfectly. Um, it was definitely, we just wanted to find the right medium to start. And I think what's amazing about this is that we have really big plans for it. Um, and could see it developing. Um, Christy is so passionate about um, do like documenting through video. So I know that that's something we might explore down the line. Um, I love writing, so we might create that website. So it's great because there's so much room to expand with this. So the podcast is almost just the beginning. And that's awesome. And that was, it's actually funny that you bring up video because I was, I'm thinking about doing like live interviews and there's like different platforms to do that on so that would be super cool and I, I love what you guys are doing and I've checked out your previous episodes and they cover it seems like you guys are starting off with the COVID-19 series and that's something that's super prominent obviously that's in the world right now um, so let's kind of focus in on that a little bit so how has the COVID pandemic affected mental health in general? Because a lot of the times in the news has been focusing on how, you know, it's affecting people's lives, but a lot of, there hasn't been much focus on people are being quarantined and not, not interacting nearly as much as they were in the past and it's affecting people mentally. So how has COVID affected mental health in general? Um, so we can all jump in here, um, but I would first that it's great that mental health has become a conversation now with COVID-19, but we always remember that this has been an underlying pandemic for a while now. Um, it's just treated so differently than other illnesses or other viruses, so always important to keep that in line. But um, there's just a disruption in routine for people like who are used to being out on the town, used to go to work, um, and that's all gone now. And that's where people have lived their life. That's what feeds them. That's what keeps them going. And to lose that is very 
um, is very hard to deal with. And, you know, um, one of the biggest populations that's affected COVID-19 is the elderly population. And a lot of those people have already been living in isolation and have thrived when people visit them or when people interact with them. And now that's all completely gone. Um, And Natalie or do you want to jump in here? Yeah, I think for a lot of people also, a lot of people have lost their jobs and their way of making uh, a living. And, you know, it's kind of unnerving because you don't have an end in sight for this. You don't, we don't know when this is going to end. So having the anxiety of the unknown and not knowing when you're going to be able to go back to work, if you're even going to be able to get a job suit right after this ends, that all just feeds into the anxiety that's surrounding this situation. No, exactly. That's, that's really what I was thinking. And especially for people with um, predisposed, just different uh, mental health conditions as well, um, having, especially an anxiety-based condition, that will only be like almost doubly heightened, I guess you could say, um, because also too stressing about loved ones, um, stressing about people on the front lines, people on the front lines are predicted to possibly experience PTSD after this just because it's a, it's very traumatizing to see, to have to treat so many people um, for the same exact disease that we're learning only more and more about every day. So not having a set treatment plan, um, just the loss of life, it's really a sensitive and difficult um, thing for us to comprehend from home. So experiencing it is on another level. So I think that's why, like Christy said, it's really amazing that we're starting this conversation now because we need to set up these resources, especially for our frontline, um, our frontline members after this all begins to pass as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's one thing that I've thought about throughout this whole pandemic is how it's affecting different like aspects of people's lives. And one of the things it's is mental health and mental health is a as you guys know like a, an enormous issue prior to the pandemic and now it's mm-hmm. definitely escalated and also i've i've heard just from the stuff that i've researched has been an increase in use and of alcohol and drugs and like that's that's a whole nother issue and it's there's so many different things that we have to have to tackle and i think that you know mental health is a huge issue and i think that it's definitely a thing that we need to have those tough conversations about and something going back to what Chrissy was saying um, the people that are most affected are the elderly and you know something that I've done is I, I've tried to visit my grandpa a lot more because he's living alone so I'm just I'm trying to get out there and you know go talk to him and like he, he, he keeps himself occupied but I'm trying to go and you know, spend some time with him as well but you know, we talked about mental health um, how do you think COVID has affected our physical health as well? Because a lot of, you know, we're being forced to be inside. We're not maybe being as active. Maybe some people are getting getting outside more. But how has it affected people physically? That's definitely a great question because what I think having these conversations, like it's the same exact thing with mental health, bringing this to light is so important, but it's also we have to recognize too that there's this link between mental health and physical health. So I think they definitely build off each other. Um, you know, we have to stay inside so much. It's going to affect 
like we were talking about the mental health and then exactly what you're saying it's difficult for people to exercise go about their normal routines um but not everybody could even walk outside or exercise depending on their living situation and their ability so even getting I know walks are huge right now and that's great we should everyone if they can should totally keep doing that even if it's just an hour or two a day because having the sun is amazing for mental health and physical health so they definitely tie in together but to focus more on the physical health as well um people have been afraid to seek care for pre-existing and also developing conditions because covid is just affecting all of our primary health care facilities my cousin's a nurse and she was talking about how when she was working in the emergency room um, a patient had come in and his knee was really really swollen to like just it was really concerning and she asked him how long this condition had been persisting and he was saying for a few weeks and he was just really afraid to come in and he came in just because the pain was so unbearable he just wanted to get emergency treatment so you know like we're supposed to um, something that's so important about you know taking care of your own physical health is to be um, proactive and then also to try to catch anything early whether it's simply a cold or anything else and it's making it really hard for people to get access I know um, we've researched that different screenings for different diseases such as cancer those appointments are down because people don't want to enter same thing they're having that fear to enter healthcare facilities and while that fear is valid I would definitely say to reach out to your primary you know your your physician if you need to seek help and see what um, they're doing to prevent COVID, to prevent the spread of COVID in their facilities because I would argue that they're taking it so, so seriously and they're doing the best they can um, to make every um, every this, every space is like a safe, like a physically safe space for these for people to receive care. So to definitely not um, let COVID, if you can, get in the way of taking care of any like physical health concerns that you may have. So it's funny you say that, Natalie, because like a, an ongoing joke, like in my house, my family is like, if someone coughs because of allergies, and me and Rashna were talking about this before you guys came on, yeah. your aller- allergies are killing us. And if anybody coughs in the house, they're like, yeah, you better not be sick because you're not you're not going to the doctor. Like we're not going <laughs> we're not going to the hospital. And, yeah, no, it's it's, but it's, it's it's an understandable mentality. It's a completely understandable mentality. Exactly, but it's like, and then we were. Me and my brother were longboarding earlier today, and my mom's like, "If one of you guys get hurt, we're not going to the emergency room. Like, you're good luck with that." But it's it's something it's concerning, right? You know, people mm-hmm. have underlying or other health issues, and they're concerned to get health care because of the whole situation. Exactly, and, and we're going to see the effects of this. Um, I personally work in the oncology and cardiology space, and so um, we do a lot of work with cancer screenings and drug costs and Cancer gets obviously worse, but also more costly once it's in a later stage. So that, so the fact that people, not to scare people, but it's just the reality of what's going on. Um, we have to think about the after effects, but the later people are getting screened, um, the more costly it's going to be in the future. And sadly, the worse the outcomes are going to be. Um, and so obviously right now, COVID-19 is number one priority, because once we get that all sorted out, then everything else can get sorted out. But we can't lose sight of, um, you know, the number one and number two cause of death in the United States, which is heart disease one and number two, uh, cancer, unfortunately. Yeah. And just to add to the physical health aspect in terms of exercising, um, you know, a lot of people who are in NYC right now, they are allowed to go out walking, of course, but 
a lot of people are afraid to do that right now just because it's such a heavily populated area that even if they were to go out, you know, there's so many people that they can't really socially distance as much as they want would want to. So there's also that um, type of barrier to them going out and getting the, that exercise that they may need. And also there's a lot of health benefits of just going outside and getting sun. Um, they say that it really helps with depression. So people who can't really go outside right now are losing all of these benefits. And I think this time is really highlighting how much exercise we do get when even when we're going to the office just mm-hmm. by walking to our car, walking around the office for meetings, we're all losing that. So it's just been a pretty drastic change for our physical health. So something that I think that we've all touched on so far is that exercise and sunlight are critical to like maintaining your mental like and physical health, especially during a pandemic. But what are some other tips that you guys can give people because you guys are experts and have knowledge of stuff like in this field um, for people that are trying to keep their mental health under control during the pandemic? Because I've definitely had times when I'm like since being in quarantine where I feel like I'm going crazy and I'm doing the same stuff every day. You know, what kind of stuff can you guys tell people to give them some tips to, you know, keep some mental clarity during this, this crazy time. I think well, honestly, not if, alone there feeling overwhelmed, <laughs> but go ahead, Christy. Um, I would just say like, I feel like people start this off with saying like, you know, go on a walk or FaceTime a friend, but I think if you are privileged enough to utilize a telehealth service and make an appointment, um, for a therapy appointment, I think that's a good way to go. I have done that. I've started therapy again since being in quarantine because that's what is going to benefit me in the long run. So I definitely wouldn't shy away from doing that if it's something you've been putting off. Of course, um, given uh, if you're privileged enough to have insurance and that it covers um, therapy appointments, but I definitely wouldn't shy away from that option because it is there um, even, even in a time like this. No, absolutely. And also, too, with um, therapy, definitely inquire with your insurance provider because some mm-hmm. insurance providers are providing, they're covering more of the therapy of the therapy yeah. costs than they traditionally do. So I get therapy for exactly. free now, whereas I had a copay beforehand, and it's specifically because of COVID-19. And I think um, also, too, I was actually really anxious about going for walks at the beginning of quarantine, and I'm still building myself up to it, to be honest, um, just because like you just get in your own head and something that helped me was simply sitting outside so I kind of like worked my way up to being able to walk in my backyard just take a chair Um, and of course this is like if you have that ability to do so Um, but that was something that really helped me was getting that getting the sun that we're talking about and I think um, something that also really really helps is um, what was I gonna say oh my gosh I'm losing my train of thought but um, oh oh at home workouts it sounds yes. cheesy, mm-hmm. but they're so helpful. And people of all abilities, they have so many amazing YouTubers that make um, workouts to modify um, for your different strength, like your your level of workout. I'm definitely a beginner, so I definitely do the modified beginner workouts. They have things that focus on different like different parts of your body and everything. If you want to work more in your arms, etc. Like if, for instance, like just for people um, of different abilities as well, there it's definitely a very inclusive community on youtube 
that yeah. there's so many different options and I feel like it is helping me so much especially because we are sitting so much more because a lot of us are working from home for students for you know and students too that are just finishing up their semesters you're writing papers you're taking exams you're sitting so much more than you realize and you're not getting that walk in like that like Rachna was saying to walk across the office to walk across campus it's something we're losing out on so definitely like really small at-home workouts they have them for like five minutes ten minutes at you know if you want to start easy um, and build your way up definitely recommend that as well so are there any like when Natalie mentioned home workouts. You guys all kind of jumped in a little bit. Is there any specific YouTubers <laughs> or like Instagram like live people that you'd point people to to kind of follow? Because there's a lot of people out there and lots of there are stuff. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure all of them are great, but like which ones have been good for you guys? I really like Mad Fit. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she has really good ab workouts. I'm always sore after, so definitely should check that out. Um, also, something to add to that is I've been doing a lot more yoga recently. Um, they have like a whole little meditation component at the end of every session. And I feel like that's also helped a lot with my mental health. And I don't know, there's um, there's a lot of stuff out there. I would recommend that everyone just kind of go to YouTube, go to Instagram and just kind of check out uh, different parts of your body that you would want to target. And there's different things that work for everyone, like Natalie was saying. So it's kind of like a trial and error thing of finding who you like and who you want to follow. So just start off slow, just start looking up different things. And then as you keep going on, you'll find the type of person or the type of channel that would fit into where you are in your fitness journey. Yeah. Also um, on TikTok, they have workout people post workouts as well. So they'll say, do five reps of this, do three reps of this um, for these five exercises and things like that. And somebody I found through TikTok is Chloe Ting. She's like the biggest thing right now. Oh, yeah. Um, like one of her one of her videos is like 48 million views. But I wow. actually really like her because she has a little progress bar at the top to show you. So that way you don't have to like pause the YouTube video while you're working out. Um, she is very um, detailed and explaining how the workouts work because I have no clue how these floor workouts work I'm used to just like hitting the treadmill so like this it's such it's amazing and also too she always puts a modified version on the screen next to her so like I mentioned earlier I'm a super beginner so it's great because I feel like that she's still teaching me how to work out to not hurt myself because sometimes if you don't know exactly how to modify it you want to make sure you're doing everything the right way so she shows you how to like modify it in like a really helpful uh, manner yeah, it was funny. I actually was looking her up today, Natalie, and um, she has a two-week ab challenge, so I was yeah. thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about trying doing. that, so <laughs> if any of you listeners try that, let us know if mm -hmm. that works out for you. Yeah. So kind of staying on the topic of COVID-19, how long, and there's a lot of opinions out there, but how long do you th guys think until we go back to normal and why? think for this question um the most there's like two important things that we need to think about we need to think about how we can get testing given on a like a wide scale level and when there's going to be a vaccine because honestly until we have a vaccine we can never feel truly quote-unquote safe from this virus so in terms of getting a vaccine that's going to be probably a year from now just because there's so many safety procedures that, that they have to do in order for something like that to come to market. Um, but 
I think there will be some sort of new levels of normal that there will be. So we'll be able to go outside and maybe go to the ball at some point, but we're just going to have to wear masks. Going back to normal, normal, I'm not, I'm honestly not sure when that's going to be. And like, what even is normal? You know, like, right now is not normal. What our world was like before was not normal. So it's going to be a new normal, whatever it is. Because all of these problems are not going to go away. When I read this question back, because when I was reading through it, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I what is normal, though? And then I was like, well, should, <laughs> am I going to ask this? And then I was like, no, I'm just going to go for it. And like, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. everybody thinks. <laughs> and I think it, well, it's, no, also, it's, it's a good question because a lot of people are in that. And it's, again, completely understandable that we want like how life was a few months ago back that I'm sure every single person <laughs> is feeling that. So it's a great question because a lot of people are wondering the same thing and that's where our skill set comes into play because we we're understanding a lot of the material that comes out and that's why we honestly created triage as well to break down this like this health this healthcare material that is sometimes hard to understand so that's what we really want our role in triage to be but that's why it's great that we could talk about we could answer this question fully because from our background, we could tell that it's not exactly going to be normal, um, especially in like the um, in healthcare facilities, because we're going to need to have, you know, whenever we get that defined treatment that really just works the best. And it's definitely different. Um, different treatments are working for different people. So I'd say they're definitely making progress in that. You know, they're going to need tons of that on hand. Um, they're going to probably need to, you know, to start accommodating more space. For people um, and they're really going to have to to I guess almost I don't want to say advertise but they're going to have to show to get the people who aren't receiving that care that we were talking about earlier for things other than COVID they're really going to have to try to um, do the best outreach they can to make people feel safe so those are all issues that they're going to have to as we acclimate back into quote-unquote normal times our new normal those are some issues that we're definitely going to have to deal with yeah, and that was like you kind of touched on the back to the mission of what the triage is. And that's why I was so happy to invite you guys on to talk about this because people are getting opinions about when we're going to go back to this quote unquote normal and what the treatment is going to look like, how, how it's going to be distributed and kind of what the future is going to be like. And I wanted to bring you guys on because you guys have this this background expertise and I think that you offer a different perspective on this other than what people like are seeing random stuff on social media or they're hearing from over here and they're immediately, you know, just taking it to truth. So that's kind of, you know, why I wanted to talk about this topic and I think it's so important. But I want to stick on the topic of your podcast and how do you guys come up with the name the triage? I'm curious. So we basically um, wanted some sort of healthcare-related word that was kind of short and sweet. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the pulse, but we just thought that was so clever. You know, you're getting you're getting a checkpoint on um, different types of healthcare topics. So we were thinking we wanted something similar. So we just kind of it took us months for this. Actually, I think this is one <laughs> of the, this is one of the longest things that it took for us to do. But um, we finally, I'm not even sure who, which one of us came up with it, but we finally thought of it and we're like, wow, that sounds actually really good. Um, and 
basically the triage is basically the process of examining problems in order to decide which ones are the most serious and most uh, must be dealt with first. It's a popular term that's used in emergency rooms for uh, making sure that patients are brought in in um, order of severity. So we thought that that would be a clever way to put uh, have the name of this podcast so that we were bringing forth important healthcare issues in um in our podcast and we thought it was funny too because it's it's like triage and tree and triangle and there's three of us so it had like some sort of funny clever components to it too so i'm glad i asked now because i thought it was just because of the triangle thing (laughs) and i didn't i didn't know the whole story behind it but i completely understand now and yeah when it's it's tough coming up with a name that's like one of the hardest things it's really hard so sticking on the the podcast and you know you guys are three episodes in right now but what's your process for coming up with new episodes like what's like brainstorming like how do you put it all together um like what's your process like so right now obviously we're focusing on covid because that's just kind of what gave the kickstart to our um podcast but Right now, it's just week by week since that situation is changing so much every, literally every day. So eventually, when we start making other episodes on other topics, we kind of created a Google Doc on different categories of ideas that we want to pursue. But since we're still so new to this, we don't really know how that process is going to be. But something that we want to emphasize through all of our episodes moving forward is that we put a lot of research into making every episode Um, If you look in our bio on Instagram at our link tree, we put all the articles that we read in order to put the episode out. And we're making sure that our listeners can actually read the articles and see that everything that we're saying is based off of facts. And I love that because a lot of the times, especially with social media, everybody is a reporter. Anybody can, you know, blow out like news or just say whatever the hell they want and I think that they're always it's good to have authenticity behind what you're saying and a lot of the times there's holes in like you see a tweet and there's nothing behind it it's just someone's thought and kind of having those articles to reinforce what you're saying and give listeners a place to say okay they're not they're not just making this stuff up like they're they're actually doing their their homework and they're making something that makes sense and that you know, has validity behind it. And especially it's so important during a time like now, because there's, everybody has an opinion on what's going on. Everybody thinks they know when we're going to go back or they don't know. And I think that's a really, really good idea. And I think I, I might have to do that if I, if I ever, you know, depending on what I do with my podcast. But next thing I want to talk about is your, your first episode. Um, Christy, you talked about how you went to China on January 25th. And you kind of describe your experience. And I think it's worth speaking about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, I had been planning a trip to China for a long time. Um, I was visiting someone who was studying there. And about a week before I was supposed to leave, there was a report about um, a mysterious pneumonia-like illness spreading around Wuhan, China. And so I stayed pretty up to date with it um, and cut my trip short just to be safe. I was going to Beijing, which was pretty far from where Wuhan was. And I wasn't 
glad to cancel the of my trip, honestly, um, because it wasn't bad, quote unquote, bad enough for, uh, to cancel. So, yeah, it was a really interesting experience. Um, noticed a lot of change, uh, you know, both with flying, uh, being in Beijing and how different the airport was and how the people were reacting to it. Um, you know, see one person without a mask is interesting now because the situation in the United States now and I still walk outside and see mostly everyone not wearing a mask where I am which is kind of strange um but I would say the biggest opening about what was going on was I left early I cut my trip short in the beginning and then had to keep cutting it short while I was there I was only there for about two full days flew back and in the United States there was no thing um there's no follow-up from anyone, not the airline, not the government or anything like that, which, um, you know, when we learn, um, all of us have a healthcare background on the, you know, coming from this side of the podcast um, in either, you know, biology and medical school or in public health. And we just learn about the importance of tracing and contact tracing and just making sure it's communicated what's going on. And I didn't have any of that when I got back. And so I'll be... Oh my God, it's almost four months since then. And to be where we are at now, it's just really scary. But I'm also not surprised, which is like kind of sad. You know, when I got back from China, there was a change in the United States. And we were expecting, when I landed, I was expecting like get my temperature checked, get pulled aside and all of this stuff and nothing happened. So it's just very telling of, of what our process is like here and how much it needs to change and improve moving forward. Yeah. And another thing that you guys talked about on that podcast was you mentioned the spring breakers. And <laughs> when I, when I listened to that, I was in that situation. I had a trip with my friends to go to Miami and we ended up canceling the night before, like at 1156 when we had to cancel at 1159. And it was it was a tough decision because half of the people at Rutgers, actually probably around three quarters of the people at Rutgers ended up going on their spring or ended up canceling. And then a quarter ended up going. And it was something super interesting that I saw. And you mentioned, you know, tracking and tracing viruses. There was something mm-hmm. on Twitter and I can, I don't know if you guys saw this. There was, there was a heat map or like a, a map of Fort Lauderdale and it showed all of the cell signals that came in during spring mm. break. Did you guys see this or no? Yeah, I saw that. And I'll just describe it. But um, they were all concentrated in Fort Lauderdale. And then after spring break, it showed how they were dispersed all over the United States. And I'm like, that is crazy. Like, you don't like that's pretty. That's a pretty wow. crazy visual. Yeah. And I mean, it comes from like what I said in our episode, like. Obviously, right now, we're all held accountable to what we do. Like, everything we each person does right now can impact someone's life to such a big degree, and we know that. Like, if you don't know that right now, then I don't know what news you're watching or, like, who you see yourself with. But at that time, like, you know, before I went to China, no one had any idea what I was talking about when I was calling the airlines, calling the hotels. They all acted like I was crazy. And that's not to say that a lot of people went on spring break didn't know what was going on, but it comes from the top down. It comes from leadership. And so people 
going to act upon what they hear from leaders. If leaders are telling you not to worry, telling you to still go out and that everything's fine. I mean, yes, you do have personal accountability, but you know, people do listen to what they they hear from leaders. So um, all of that goes hand in hand. You know, you do have social responsibility as well. And so this also to light, you know, what we all value um, as people. And uh, yeah, so I think that did with the spring break. Yeah, I think just the lack of early intervention ended up yep. making this problem so bad in the United States. I mean, compared to any other country, it's just the numbers are crazy here. And that all just goes back to there was a lack of early intervention, a lack of putting bans on people traveling. So it all stems from that. Yeah, like it's when when something like this happens, it seems like investing the money into testing is expensive and it may come off to people not in a healthcare background as unnecessary. But the amazing thing about testing is that compared to treatment, it's extremely cheap. Um, mm-hmm. It's extremely efficient. And, you know, you can reach a greater amount of people by sending home an at-home testing kit than, you know, sending in a doctor to triage people, essentially, actually. And so <laughs> it's making that it's making that investment, you know, ahead of time. And the fact that we didn't do that, I would say, in just my opinion, is like the number one um, reason why we're that we are like having like the most amount of like some of the most like some of the highest amount of cases in our area in the in the world in the country so yeah i would definitely say it goes back to testing yeah and there were so many opinions initially when once things got real and everybody understood once it got real Mm -hmm. like it it started blowing up my parents were like going crazy the news was on 24 7 and that that also probably messed up a lot of people because you're hearing so many opinions like mentally. Yeah. And you don't yeah. you don't know what to believe. And it literally got to the point where I'm like, OK, I'm you know, I'm watching the news or I'm, I'm going to be on Twitter for five, ten minutes a day. Check out what's going on. And that's it. Because if I have yep. it on all the time, I don't know about you guys, but I was it, it makes you go crazy. No, honestly, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great point. It's, it's very important to stay informed, but that's that's why like I like following like um like uh the CDC WHO like um nonprofits dedicated to bringing health news because it's more factual it's not as emotionally charged so you could do with it what you will yeah. if that makes sense so it's not like you're having a news reporter you know um talking about what they think the projected is like the projected rate of recovery or um, mortality is going to be because that's something else that's really important too is that um, it's something important to highlight about COVID is it's so it's it seem it's so easy and it, I've been done the same way to look at the loss of life which is like so devastating and to look at those numbers but we won't know like the mortality rate until this passes because you can only yeah. calculate a mortality rate when you give it a, de- a defined period of time so you know the mortality rate might not be as intense or might be more intense than we think um but we know it definitely obviously spreads very easily but we won't be able to tell anything about that so what i've been looking at is the new cases in my town and they have been going down in my town um, in oldbridge so that is something that it's a it's that's a that's a morality booster in my house um that we're, <laughs> that's something positive that we're focusing on so definitely focusing on the positive too is a huge thing and that also ties back into mental health that um to focus on the positive when you can 
So another thing that you touched on at the beginning of that was where you get your news like with all of this stuff. Because a lot of times you turn on like a station and somebody's always trying to push an agenda and a lot of, you just want the facts sometimes. So where are some places where listeners can go to find the facts and educate themselves about what's going on? I usually go straight to the CDC website personally because it just gives you it gives you the numbers of everything that's going on and they give you new updates if there's anything that ever um, happens. And I also follow them on Instagram and stuff. So they share a lot of helpful flyers and stuff about things that are going on. Exactly. And I think you, you made a point of saying that you limit the amount of time that you're looking at the news and, you know, where you're seeing it. Um, but as we said, like we use the CDC as a source. We use the WHO, we use, um, you know, do- what Dr. Fauci says, and it's kind of the, the underlying of our podcast is through our Instagram and, and posting full infographics every few days and, you know, fun colors. Um, and obviously we like it because it looks nice, but we think it's an easier way to understand what's going on in a short way. Um, so if anyone's scared about what's going on, looking at the news is... Um, not something that you can really too often. Um, you know, that's what we're trying to do with our podcast and with our Instagram is to make it a little more, um, a little easier for you to take in through, um, you know, sharing information in, in sort of a fun way. And there's also a website that I mentioned this to Retina and Christy on a call last week. Um, I found it on TikTok. Everything's through TikTok, but I found it on TikTok and it's through, it's called the Health, the Happy Arc. And it was started by a couple, um, a Canadian couple. They, I'm pretty sure they both have science backgrounds and they wanted to just post positive, positive centered news about like COVID recovery. So they post how many people have recovered um, they, on their website. And they, I think um, they also include positive articles. So talking about just acts of kindness, um, po- just positive things surrounding the disease. So for people who, are overwhelmed, which I would, again, argue is so many of us um, could take a few minutes out of their day and look at the happy arc. It's something that I think is a really, really great passion project to bring to light in this time of just stress. Yeah, so for, for listeners that are looking to find some some unbiased news, check out, I just followed you guys on Instagram. Look at the Triage podcast. They have some really fun posts about health-related issues. Um, and also check out TikTok because it's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. But the next thing I want to talk about is you guys did an episode with Harrison Lee. He was a part of the team at Rutgers who developed the saliva test, the notorious saliva test that every Rutgers student and alum is very proud of because we're putting <laughs> we're putting Rutgers on the map. Can you guys talk a little bit about that episode and your conversation with Harrison? Yeah, so... What we want to do the triage is, of course, talk about important healthcare topics and different themes in healthcare. But we also want to um, shed light on different careers in healthcare and the different ways that people get involved in the system. Especially now, uh, when we think about frontline workers, uh, I'm so happy that we're finally giving nurses the treatment that they deserve and highlighting how much doctors and our um, grocery store workers and other essential workers are doing. I feel like before there was a lot of testing done, there wasn't a lot of highlight um, for people who work in the lab laboratories that are creating tests and creating uh, the vaccine 
And so that's why we were so happy to have Harrison Lee on. And yes, he works in the facility at Rutgers that is uh, working on that testing. So he goes in and is, you know, looking at people's saliva and, uh, and it's, you know, very glamorous. But um, yeah, he he really gave great insight into what the process is going to look like. And even since we talked to him about a month ago, now tests are being sent out via mail to people in little packets. So it's really cool. But I don't know much about the actual science about it. Rachna does. So Rachna, do you want to explain the science behind this test? <laughs> To be honest, I don't know the most. It's not just looking at spit. But um, <laughs> so I think they're what they're doing is taking the viral um, RNA particles and finding them in the saliva. But basically, I think the main um, point of this test and why it's so revolutionary, as Rutgers is always revolutionary, um, <laughs> is that a lot of the tests before this one took a lot of time to do you know you would go to the drive-through testing center and they would take the swab uh the nasopharyngeal swab which I'm sure some of you have seen um pictures of it online it's it does not seem like a very pleasant test to do but that test is kind of invasive because it's ex- exposing the person who's administering the test it's very uncomfortable for the person who's getting the test and on top of all of that it would take a really long time to get the results back but the saliva, the saliva test is actually a faster turnaround. So that's why there's so much um, commotion surrounding this test. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for coming on. We we talked about a lot of things healthcare related. We talked about podcasting, what you guys have on deck. We talked about a little bit about your prior episodes. If people have questions about what we discussed today, what's the best way to get in contact with you guys? I would say definitely our Instagram. Um, we're all of us. The three of us are on that every day, multiple times a day, I would argue. Um, so definitely shoot us an Instagram um, DM. Um, what, else, what other ways do you guys think? Honestly, our Instagram right now is our primary way of communicating our information out to the public. We're trying to expand to other platforms, but if you really want to talk to us about something, definitely send us a DM on Instagram at the triage. This has been the Gritty and Curious Podcast, a podcast where we give you the inspiration, knowledge, and tools to start your next venture by interviewing the smartest founders, creators, and self-starters. If you enjoyed this podcast, you'd be the best if you subscribed, left a rating, and wrote a quick review. By doing these things, you let me know that you're listening, and it inspires me to keep creating. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.